Taco Brothers Podcast. Where two brothers from another mother come together to talk about what's going on in urban pop culture, sports, music, health, and real issues that face our community. These people here, what they do, they for real. All straight with no chaser and a splash of comedy. <laughs> Very funny. This is Talk, Talk, Talk of Brothers Podcast. Let's get this thing going. And now your hosts, Gody and Smash. What's happening, everybody? It's your boy, Go D. And it's your boy, Smash, coming at you. Welcome to another episode of Talker Brothers Podcast. Smash, what it do, dog? What it do? Not much, man. Another day, another dollar. Trying to get rid of this cold that's been lingering on forever and forever. Yeah, you've been having that cough for a minute, bro. I, I need you to go see some professional help as soon as possible. Man, they ain't going to do nothing but tell me to come back when it get worse. <laughs> I told you what to try, but you refused to to dig down into the the remedies from from our ancestors with the honey lemon and olive oil mixed with a little with a splash of bourbon or or, or something like the whiskey or something. You hadn't tried that. You refused to try that. Yeah, I'm gonna take some cod liver oil. <laughs> That's not for <laughs> that, man. God dang. <laughs> That's not what that's for. <laughs> It'll kill it all. It'll kill it all. <laughs> we talked about that for Halloween. That's like a, a, if I'm not mistaken, that's a laxative or something. You don't need to do that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember what it's for. All I know is back in the day when they used to give you all that stuff, you, it was nasty, but it worked. What's up with you, man? Holidays are here. Are you going broke? Or are you are you playing? Are you, are you sitting pat? What is what it is? It? What is it? I'm maintaining. I normally um, I get Christmas lists in in October for my kids. I'd be like, "Hey, y'all want some Christmas? Y'all better start getting in October so I can start managing and all this stuff for it." So we 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 sitting all right over here. Plus they're getting older, so it ain't it ain't too much. What about yourself? Um, nah, we I'm, I'm probably sitting <clears throat> pat right now, man. We not gonna really go. You know we do it. We we have a Christmas, but it's not really over and Like the wife and I, we we do for the kids, and then we'll do for each other probably after New Year or something. So we really focus on them, not really on each other. But, okay. Um, but for the most part, now nah, I don't I don't really uh I don't really go for bull for Christmas too much. I mean it's it's probably a set amount, and once we reach that threshold, uh, whoever falls in that threshold. You're welcome. If you don't fall in <laughs> <at> the threshold, <laughs> maybe next year. <laughs> but that <laughs> that's how that go for us though. <laughs> ain't nothing wrong with that. Shoot. Ain't no sense. I ain't never bleeding going broke for that one little day. Yeah, I'm always that's that's my mantra, bro. That's my mantra right there. It's like I, I need to have some money for January one. Can't spend it all for Christmas. Right. Yeah, I'm definitely with you on that one. So how is, how is heaven? She's back home, right? Yeah, she back home, man. She she loving to be home. So um, I think she's still getting a little acclimated, but because uh, you know she coming from down there in Miami or close to Fort Lauderdale, where it's about the coldest it get down there, about sixty eight. <laughs> <laughs> so, if that if that cold, yeah, shoot, it might if be, that yeah, it so, might be seventy the coldest they get. So this right here being 30 or below, she, she, you know, just like what's going on. So, but it's all good. She happy to be back. We happy to have her back. So it's, you know, it feel like the family whole again. So it's all good. I know. I know you tickle pink. (laughs) It's all good. So nothing else, nothing else on the front we're talking about. Other than we're gonna jump into these topics that we got set set for this week, but anything else that you need to get off your chest or you want to speak on? Nah, man, I'm ready to get this show rolling. See see what's on deck and jump into it and get some debating, some some good discussion, all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna jump right into this thing with a little controversy. Uh-oh. So <laughs> so you know. The the Oscars wanted Kevin Hart 
to, I guess you would say, bow down and apologize <laughs> for some past tweets. And Kevin Hart took the road of, I'm not bowing down. If you don't want me, then no harm, no foul. I'm, move, I'm going on about my business. You do your thing. What is your take on it? I mean, there's various, you know, various things. Some people like, okay, who's up next? Some people like, that's some, that's some bullshit. Some people <laughs> like, um, they like neutral about the thing, who they really could care less. What, what, what's your stand on this? I ain't gonna say um, I'm neutral. I, I think with all this um, what's going on in the world now, like one, I think we too sensitive. But two, I think we gotta stop. Unless you did, like committed a murder or raped somebody, we gotta stop going in the past and and deal with where people are at now. Because like like Kevin Hart even said, like when he made those comments, that's not who he is now. And I mean, like if we all go get um, are going to be held accountable for our past actions that we've progressed from then you know what I'm saying and why why did we even progress so I I feel like in this situation with him that he made those comments but these are comments that if, if you I would say if you go back a lot of people that I know would have probably said the same thing you know what I'm saying so but what they said it now I doubt it you know I don't I'm kind of indifferent to it all I could care less you know how I feel about Kevin Hart um, <laughs> that's your boy man I mean I'm, I'm you know it is what it is I mean at the end of the day I'm going to take the stance for the black man alright so we're gonna put we're gonna put me and Kevin differences aside here for a second <laughs> but but I don't think you know. I've always, I always looked at Kevin as a guy that was that definitely propelled himself into this 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 stratosphere of being a comedian because of he told the line. He he was never his his, his comedy isn't edgy. He's not edgy. It was always towing the line type of comedy, and it was it was it's, it just seems to me that the powers that be. Um, like Jay-Z say, still a nigga, that's what comes across. That's how this comes across to me. No matter what you do or how you do it, that's how they still look at you. And this is just a humbling effect to me that they're just saying you either apologize or you can. You know, we're talking about, my thing is everybody has to have a chance to evolve. Everybody has to have a chance to grow, you know. You look at Kevin. I mean, you look at Nick Cannon, who who called, you know, Sarah Silverman, Amy Schumer, uh, Chelsea Handler, their tweets, and their tweets were way more graphic and <laughs> way more sensitive than what anything Kevin Hart put out there. But I will say this: for all of them, they're comedians, and I give comedians, I give all comedians a pass. All yeah. of them. For whatever they say, for whatever they do, I give them a pass because they're comedians. They supposed to play, you know, play edgy. They supposed to play across the line. And if you can't, if you can't take a joke, then stop listening. You know, it just <laughs> just seemed to be to me like to be a witch hunt. And um, I, I I really feel for Kevin because this was a lifelong dream for him to host this show. Yeah. And for for them to take it away from him when he's rightfully deserving of it at this point if you offered it that means you telling me he was deserving of it and for you to take it away because some meaningless tweets that happened years ago that he apologized for years ago this is just a way of they telling them um we run this and you don't you know and again you know how i feel about the oscars you know how i feel about the grammys you know how i feel about <laughs> all these all these uh, award shows they don't they don't hold any they don't hold any they, they don't set the bar for me they're not a standard for me they just because half the stuff that that actually comes up you're scratching your head like who who are these people that you give these awards to because none of it's not relevant to the masses it's only relevant relevant to the people that's in that room sitting down voting it's like they're trying to find obscurity and 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 hit gems to to actually vote on like make it seem like they're 
you know, in the know and, and on point of what they're doing. But anyway, I think I'm rambling here for a second. But <laughs> like you said, we need to be we need to stop being so dang on sensitive. And we need to have a little tough skin here. It's a comedian. He gonna crack jokes. Yeah, and I mean like I think everybody is entitled to their opinion, man. Like I, I you know what I'm saying, like I, I've told people who are in the LGBTQ community, like I really don't care what you are because it don't it has no no preference to me. Like unless like to me being um gay or whatever, that's a sexual choice. Like if you with a man, man and man together, woman and woman together, that's a sexual choice. If I ain't in your bedroom, I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Let me ask this question. Why do you think the LGBTQ community has so much power? I mean, to me, it's like they have so much clout, more clout than like black or white to me right now. It's like we can talk about, we have all this stuff, Black Lives Matter, you got white supremacy, you got all this stuff that's bubbling around us, right? All this racism, but this seems to, this seems to anytime anything affects the LGBT community, it takes hold real fast. And right. action has to be taken because of it. Right now, it has to be, it has to have a, a, a result, it has to be resolved right now. Why do you think that is? Uh, that's a good question. I, I think because right now I this is what I feel I feel it's the new thing like they're they're getting it you know they're accepted and everybody's now it doesn't bother anybody a couple years back yeah it would have bothered people but now it doesn't really bother people you know it's just like okay we we accept you guys come on but I still think like a lot of times they feel like they're unaccepted so they got to keep fighting but I'm like okay if you want to be accepted then you can't pick and choose when you're, you know what I'm saying, when you don't want to be involved in that. Because like you're saying, like, comedians making jokes, they're going to make jokes. They make jokes offensive to everybody, race, uh, religion, whatever. That's that's just what they do, you know what right. I'm saying? But for them to be... I, and I get what you're saying, because I, I feel like they do have a lot of power, too. I was thinking that myself, but only thing i can say is because it's new and to me and 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 i'm not trying to like uh you, da- i mean I'm, I'm not i'm not downing them i don't mean to cut you off i'm not downing them but it just seems like for everything across the board that we have to walk this on eggshells there you look at hollywood they surge past minorities in hollywood you know, every time every time you turn a show on, there's somebody playing that that type of role. It's just why must we accept this? Why can't you accept that I'm a black man? Why you can't accept that he's a white man? Why why can't we accept and find some type of resolution for racism and all these other things for poverty? You know, for hunger. Yeah. But we can we we have to have a resolution for this. It has to have it has to have a conclusion. <laughs> it, it can't. It can't fester. This can't fester. It has to move. <laughs> has to move forward. And it's just weird to me, I man. Listeners, if anybody can weigh in on that on that question that I have, please answer because I, I really want to know because it, it just baffles me how we have lifelong struggles and there's no resolution to that. But when it comes to this to their community, that we have the LGBT community, it has to come to a resolution for every situation. It just—I don't know—it's just baffling to me. Nah, I mean it's a good—it's a good point and a good uh, discussion to be had. Cause, like I said, I've I, I wondered that too, and I can't really come up with nothing but just that it's—it's it's the new thing, and in in the environment that we live in now with social media, everybody's quick to cling, cling on to the new thing. You know, if if somebody say let's boycott this, then everybody's all about it, and they don't even know the whole cause behind it. They're just like, oh, everybody else is doing it. I can get some likes and follows. So, and not saying that's what they're doing. I'm just saying it's the new thing, and that's the only thing I can come up with because I I agree with you on that. Like, they do have a lot of uh, power, but I don't understand because. Only thing that confuses me, and that's why I said sometimes I feel like they pick and choose, but they want to be accepted as a whole. So, I mean, I don't know. It's 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 weird. I don't understand why Kevin Hart got picked on for this um, situation because I think the comments were made in 2009. Mm-hmm. So, so that's like nine years ago, almost ten. So, 
um this is i don't know it's just ridiculous i mean sit down and have a conversation with them i mean if, if they got power like that then they should have somebody at the head of the lgbtq that represents them and sit down with the man and see where he really is and see what he's really about instead right. of just judging based off right. of a comment especially when you're a comedian like you don't really take anything serious with those guys but i mean you we, we've all said things and we've all done things as a youngster Oh, and yeah. growing up to to the point where we have to mature and you're gonna say but again man i'm not even gonna go there with it he's a comedian y'all get some tough skin man the man says some jokes like i said the amy schumer all those type of jokes they they, they are we not why are we not why are we giving them a pass and yeah. i don't even think it's so i'm not even looking at it as a black and white thing i'm just looking at it as a comedian thing why this comedian why these comedians get a pass but kevin hart is a comedian don't get a pass that's how i'm looking at it i'm not even looking at it black and white all man versus woman i'm just looking at it as, as a comedian aspect you know it, it's it's a joke it was a joke and if you can't take a joke again kevin you you got you got you know your heartbeat productions you got all that kind of stuff man you they just showing you how you need to rock they just showing you why you need to do your own thing and command do like tyler perry do like oprah command your own ship you know do yeah. your own thing put people on but do it on your own terms because you see they don't they don't want you they want you on their terms and i'm glad I'm, I, and i'm i have even more respect for him now because he decided you know he didn't bow down and i always thought let me get and don't get me wrong i always thought that he was the type of person that was always total line he was always the company <laughs> man in my eyes but for him to buy out for something that he really truly loved and wanted to do because of taking a stance for his his tweets and his actions and that he'd already apologized if you can't accept my apology then forget it man be free remain free like red man said you know remain free you know, that's, I think that's one of the reasons why you think like Dave Chappelle is in such a good space because he he walked away from it all, man. He wanted his he wanted his freedom back. You know, I think yeah. that's what Kevin Hart needed to do, and I think it's the first step for you to do that is to walk away from it all. And, and you know, you got I'm not saying walking away from it all, but control your own your own your own show. You don't need them to to make you to make you great. I think there's enough of us. Um, that will back you and, and empower your movement without them, without them validating who you are as a comedian or as a person or a black man. So true. But I'll I'll leave it like leave it at there. But y'all let me know, man. Y'all get into the the Facebook group and y'all let me know, you know, what your thoughts are on this. And and really, I want to delve into this question on why the LGBT community everything has to have a resolution versus it doesn't get to fester like a lot of things that happen in, in America. Um, but moving right along, moving right along, we're gonna do a a follow up story. Um, a few episodes back, we did a story on a woman named Amber Geiger um, out of Dallas. She shot a guy, walked into an apartment, and shot a guy, uh, bottom jean, and killed him. And now they're coming down to they're actually just coming out with indictments. Probably a few weeks old now, but we just getting a chance to touch bases on it. Um, what's your thoughts on this, man? How you feel about this? Oh, I, I feel it's the the right thing to do. Um, I'm waiting to see how much time she get because the whole thing. I mean, you think we, she we gonna talked get about time? it. You think she gonna I, get convicted? Oh yeah, she got to man. Like uh, everybody, I say everybody turned against her, but like you know the the boys in blue, the cops and stuff. They they done left her alone and. I think they did as much as they could for her when it happened, you know, went in there and helped her, you know, um, cover up, if you want to say, you know, allegedly. But uh, <laughs> they uh, they helped her out. But now she on her own, man. And it just that whole story never added up from the beginning. So I just think that nobody was buying it. And I think she's getting, you know, her just due. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm just surprised that we, we that indictment even came down because they, they don't indict police officers. It's very rarely that they indict police officers. So yeah, it must the, the U.S. Marshals Service, but they must have really given some some damning evidence for them to actually indict her. So that that's that speaks volumes in itself. But the question is, you can be indicted, but will they get a conviction? That's what I'm, I'm. I'm more concerned about versus now. You indicted her, great. 
Now, let's convict her because this makes no sense. And again, even to this day, we still don't really know what happened. We won't know what happened until the trial happens. You know, and yeah. I think what they're saying, the trial is going to be a year from now. So who knows? You know, I just I, it's still baffling to me. But I'm, I'm glad that they, they, they went in and they... They use the U.S. Marshal Services to actually go in and um, investigate and and see what really what really happened. And, but moving forward, you know, that's not you know he came behind these police officers. More police. I say this: more police officers should be held accountable, like she's being held accountable. Oh yeah, and I think if if that happened, then uh, a lot of the census killing killings would stop because. I just, like I said, man, in her situation, for you to go into the wrong apartment, and I think the story even says she was on the wrong floor. So I don't, I don't understand how you do that because I've been in inebriated a couple times in my life, and I've always been able to find home. Yeah, you know? man. And even <laughs> if you, and even if you get into a place and surrounding where you like, man, I, but I've never been inebriated to the point where. I yeah, not that my barons are, and I, I can't understand where I am. I, I don't think I've never been that way. Now I've been at a point where I, I got home, passed out, and woke up and look around and like didn't know where I was at, but I was really at home. Now that has happened, but to just actively walk into a situation and be like, "This look like my house." Now nah, you know your house from you know you know how you put your plants, your your lamps, your furniture. Nobody's nothing situated the same way, but I but I do see a trend. You I mean you think about this summer? You got Roy Oliver became the first police officer um, convicted for murder in Texas. You got um, Jason Van Dyke, the police officer Chicago. So I do see a trend that's happening um, going forward. You got can't forget about the Michael uh, what's his name Slagger from South Carolina from Charleston, South Carolina, that was sentenced to 20 years in prison. So I, I think as more of these more of these cases need to happen to be resolved this way. And I, there's more. Like for every, like I just named five. For every five that just got convicted, we're, there's probably what? Another 50, 60 that goes <laughs> brushed underneath the rug. So those right. numbers need to those need numbers need to come together. And again, you know, you have to have you have to have that DA that wants to indict. And, and if they don't indict, then that's what the problem is. Like, you know, they need to take, they need to be like anything else. That shouldn't be put for judgment, whether it should be, um, that should automatically go to trial. I mean, it shouldn't have to be a, 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 a committee comes together and decide whether we're going to indict or not. If you were, if you're an officer of the law, then you need to be uh, somebody that's served, that's serving, for serving the community. You need to be held to a black and white standard. There should be no gray area. You know what I'm saying? Just like oh, if yeah. you break a law, it's a black and white standard. I think they should be held to the same same standards. And if you break that black or white standard, then you have to face a trial. You have to go amongst your peers and be judged amongst your peers on whether you're guilty or not guilty. It shouldn't take a group of people to say, we're going to indict to even get to that point. No. <laughs> if you break the law, you go to trial and we're going to decide did you do did you break the law you didn't break the law and that's the only gripe i have with that because i think they know that they have that that little gray area of well, i gotta be indicted you know what i'm saying so i can yeah. play the room a little bit to where i can plead my case outside of the case and have the da feel like hey i don't have well we're not gonna it was justifiable so we're not gonna indict i think the whole uh department needs to be looked at because like we we were talking, I was just using inebriation as a as an example, but they said she was came off a long shift at work, and I'm like, if she if she's working those long shifts and she's that tired, she don't even know where her own apartment is. How is she effective at work? So maybe we need to, you know, what I'm saying if I was in charge of some type of politician, some I would do a whole uh, internal investigation on the department because are y'all, you know, what I'm saying are people working too many hours? Like, how can these cops be effective if you can't even, um, I mean, if in that case, when she got, when she drove home, she was not in her right mind because she's tired. So, like, it's just, I don't know, that whole case, man, I, I hate that uh, another black man died of a senseless uh, death. 
but at the same time i'm happy that she got indicted and i i feel that she will get convicted i'm i'm hoping it won't go the route that you thinking where she won't but i'm hoping that she does get convicted and serve some time oh yeah i mean i'm like i said i'm clapping and i'm i'm cheering because she did get indicted and i i didn't think it was going to get this far but for it to get this far and then you had the marshal service to come in and do the investigation um that says a lot that they're actually she made she made sure get convicted she should yeah we'll but see moving right along moving right along we're gonna get to some something that we love and we hold dear to our hearts movies <laughs> and we debated about what what aspect of movies we wanted to talk about movies today but we debated on what aspect of movies that we wanted to focus on uh shots out to to my boy btg over at btg for president um he gave us the um idea of you know what 90s because in his show he he held uh what was it uh, house party house party yeah like his number one movie that set the standard for the culture and i was like whoa wait a minute and <laughs> i think we yeah, both he, were like wait a minute we, we I went understand. a little too far with that yeah, yeah. <laughs> i understand but i don't understand so but that inspired us to do the top 10 black movies from the 90s which you know we hold the 90s we think you know for us you know the millennials probably said beg, beg the differ you know my parents may beg the differ but we think that the 90 was like the supreme being of all of, of the culture that was like the pinnacle of the culture for us you know that's like the sweet <laughs> spot so you know we're gonna jump right on in this thing we're gonna i don't know his list he don't know my list and i've been pro probing and priding him for all week so who's it? Who got number five? Who got number six? I don't know. I didn't put no. I didn't put no no thought into it. But we know that's a lie. So <laughs> <laughs> we gonna get right into this thing. So we are gonna start from now. Let me ask you this question: Is your list in any type of chronological order, or you just put your ten and you just say that that's my ten? At first, I try. I ain't gonna lie. I tried to put it in chronological order, but I can't really say offhand that. Over all of these, this is my favorite movie. I know you can, because uh, I know you're number one. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, nah, so mine ain't in chronological order. It's just in orders. I think it's ten of the best movies and probably most influential, whatever you want to say. So I think my ten are the best ten. Now, are we looking at this as it as it depicts as it portrays to the culture, or are we looking at it just because it it did something for us personally how are we well, looking at this well that's that's what you got to throw behind there you got to throw your reasoning and make okay. everybody else agree with you i could care less if you agree or not this is my t <laughs> and i'm gonna be honest with you i have like i got a, a top 15 and I, and i want to throw a shout out here harlem nights it came out 1989 yeah. Had, had that not happened, had it fell into we own that, we gonna own that as the nineties. So we that, that, that would have been a, my number one if that was in. It uh, would have definitely 90s. been in my top five. So Hall of Nights, you definitely in the running. But because we want to stay within the nineties, you know, we gonna still claim it as a nineties movie. So because <laughs> that's a cast of characters that you, I don't think, and I'm hoping that some some way somehow. Um, within the next five years or ten years that the comedians that are relevant right now they pull off the same type of movie because that's something that we never seen happen before and I really would love to see that happen again. That would have been something nice that maybe the uh, Kings of Comedy could have did when Bernie Mac was alive. Yeah, definitely. That would have been mean, nice. I mean, hey man, we got so much technology now, we could bring Bernie back to life. <laughs> That's not a problem. <laughs> I ain't scared of you. <laughs> It'll put him in the hologram. Yeah, man. Do something, <laughs> man. That's one of the classes. One of the classic comedians, man. But okay. Oh, yeah. So let's jump into this thing. Who you got at number 10? All right. So like I said, I ain't really in any sequential order, but I, I put Minister Society. At 10. I like the movie, uh, and then I really like the the character that um Lorenz Tate played in Old Dog because he he kind of owned that movie, so that's what I like about 
about that movie for the most part. I like the acting of Lorenz Tate. I mean, it had a it had a little point, a little plot to it, and uh, it's still a you know famous scene that everybody used. You know, when they say, you know, you done fucked up, right? <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? Like, yeah, that that never gets old. <laughs> yeah, so like, cause that I mean, I've been hearing that since I was little from my mama. So like, <laughs> just but, hit home, right? Yeah, so that that's what I got. Number ten, who you got? I have at number ten. Um, I have bad boys at number ten. Bad boys, okay. Bad boys, and just for and just for let people know that to me. The Wayans family and Martin ruled the nineties. They he just they ruled the nineties to me. Yeah. So my list is gonna depict a lot of I won't say a lot of it, but and I tried to reframe myself. I tried to get the best of Martin Lawrence. And it was hard for me, but I I, I like the chemistry between uh Martin Lawrence and so <laughs> and Will Smith that I that I was like, you know, I don't yeah. know which one I would pull. So but to see them in an the action, and and see his see his range, you know he did in the nineties. He he did uh, Thin Line. He did uh, what's the other movies? He did so many movies in the nineties. Oh, he did. Yeah, he did a gang of them, man. Um, I want to say Blue, Blue Streak. Streak. Blue Streak is just so many that he's in that um, that was hard for me not to put it on there. And, it, and then again. This was hard for me to narrow this down because it was so much, so much good films and so many good movies in the 90s. It was hard for me to actually narrow this down, but I did it for the sake of doing it. Um, so let me jump into my number nine. Well, well let me tell you uh, real quick. So mm-hmm. I agree with you because I got Bad Boys on my list at number four. And it was based basically off the ensemble the ensemble of characters you know uh will smith and martin like they played off each other and it was just good chemistry man and you got two iconic actors and i love i love it so i like bad boys too as well but yeah i like bad boys too and you know my favorite (laughs) scene is you know it is the scene when when they at the door which is probably one of the greatest scenes when they she bring her boyfriend over and oh yeah and martin and will that was that was classic. That was classic. That gets that never gets old to me. You can watch that over and over again. And everybody um, remember Mike Lowry. Mike but Lowry. <laughs> <laughs> but my number nine, I got he got game. I had to put that on my list. Denzel Washington. Um, he played that character to a T, man. It was like, to me, it's like he, like, did he really live this? Because it was just so such a good story and it gives a, a backstory you know us being sports junkies to get a backstory of you know how people live and and we all love jesus shuttles work you know <laughs> <laughs> that's true so that was definitely uh should have been higher on my list but it fell at number nine for me he didn't even make my list it didn't nope not at all Shame. but at at number nine on my list, I got um, In Too Deep. This, huh. this this movie played with my emotions, Smokey. But, huh. uh, and and I say that because, you know what I'm saying? It's like part, I was like split in this movie because the good person in me wanted to root for Omar Epps as, you know, as the undercover. But then the bad, right. the bad part of me loved LL playing God. And when LL, I mean, still one of the hardest scenes in a movie when LL stuck that pool stick up, old boy. Yeah. Still one of the hardest movies. So I, I, I like that movie just because it's so memorable. Like LL, I think that's one of his best acting roles that he did. So it'll forever be a classic for me just because the infamous pool stick scene. And I mean, but it's it's kind of as you see, we going through this list. It's it, all of them are justifiable. There's no all movie that, good, yeah. yeah, man. It's like really none. It's like at this point, it's really like we we split the hairs. Like what? It's just like really. <laughs> I think they all move the culture in some type of way. They all they all depicted the culture in some type of way, good and bad. Um, going going into the '90s, our culture was really wasn't exposed until the '90s. Like we didn't really get to see a lot of of what we seen. Like others couldn't get get to see how we lived. Until right. the 90s, till like the late 80s with NWA and, and that started the resurgence of 
of wow, people are really living like this. So it was really good to see. No matter what you pick, it always it always played on. It always gave a backstory of our culture, and that's what that's what was good about it. Um, here here comes the list. Like I said, I had about fifteen, man, I, and I couldn't I couldn't really narrow it down <laughs> to ten. So I, I kind of put like a, a 2B, a 3B, a 6B, a 7B. You can't so pick at, the favorite child, huh? I, I can't, man. I can't. <laughs> so at number eight, I, I, I went with two movies, and I did this on purpose, okay? Two movies starring Tupac, okay? And I put them at oh. 8A eight, eight and 8B, Juice and Poetic okay. Justice. So that's, that's my number eight. I and need... Eight. I give you juice, but I don't know about poetic justice, though. Come on, man. You got to love Lucky, bro. You got to love Lucky. Nah. Cut Pete. You know, if anybody just... That inspired us to go to to crash weddings, to crash, you know, <laughs> crash family reunions. They made it cool, man. I think I might have I might have watched Poetic Justice twice because that's just... I, I, ain't, I ain't a big fan of it. It was a, a good movie for the culture, but... Yeah, I, nah, but I, I can get with you down on Juice. Yeah, Juice was definitely... Juice for me... I'm going to tell you, Juice for me made me look at... It made me look at my friends and the people I hang around <laughs> differently. Nah, I'm, I'm laughing because that's the same thing it did for me. I was like, <laughs> damn. <laughs> nah, that's why I'm laughing. I'm like... Know, you always heard your mom and your daddy or, or somebody older you be like, man, everybody not your friend. Everybody yep. not, they don't mean the best for you. And I was like, man, ain't nobody did me wrong to this point. But then when I watched that, when I saw that movie Juice, it was like, man, people can really be in your corner and stab you in the back. Yep. And it was like, that movie like really put me into to a position of like, you know, I got to really look at people in a whole different light than I used to. No, I, I think you, you spot on with that. And I think Juice was a, I, if if I go back and think about it, I think Juice might have been the turning point where people really stopped throwing hands and then they got the gun, you know, because the little scared dudes that couldn't couldn't fight, they, were, they saw Juice, they were like, oh, if I, got, if I get the gun, I got the power. You know what I'm saying? I got the Juice. Yeah, it was ambitious. So. And Bishop was definitely the catalyst for that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pac, Pac had me really believing that's how he was in real life. So yeah, man, he played that pretty good. To to a, to a T, man. I say I, I I thank him for it, man. That guy put a put a perspective on. I have friends and I have associates. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, at my number eight, and I chose this probably just for selfish reasons, maybe, but uh. I got higher learning at number eight. And I know a lot of people probably like, how the hell higher learning get in here? But for, you know, for me or for you too, D, you know, growing up in the South, man, I witnessed a lot of racism and all that stuff. And for the longest when I was little, just once again, being naive and not knowing things, I thought that racism was just in the South. I knew if I go to Georgia, Mississippi, Florida, New Orleans, you're going to experience racism. But I didn't think that it was everywhere, but when I watched that movie, I found out that, man, you gotta deal with it everywhere you go, you know what I'm saying? So it just made me more cognizant and stuff like that. And so I, I like that movie, plus I like some of the uh, the characters in there as yeah, well. So. You had Omar Epps in there, you had Ice Cube in there. Ice Cube. You had Tyra Banks. I mean, it yep. was, yeah, it definitely was a film. Busta Rhymes. Busta Rhymes, I mean, you had a lot of people. Michael Rappaport. Um, yeah, Lawrence Fish Fishburne was in that movie. It's, it, yeah, I, I agree with you, man. It didn't make it. it didn't make my list. Um, but why? But I say this one thing: anything John Singleton put his hands on, it should be on your top five, your top ten list. Anything yeah. he put his hands on, it was hot back then. He, he hot, was hot, man. Yeah, yeah, everything he touched turned to gold, man. So yeah, yeah. I, I do. But I'm trying to think, what was more impactful for me was it in that movie? And I understand the, the the question, you know, the quest for knowledge yeah. of higher learning. But I don't know. I think the music, the soundtrack was dope as well. I'm trying to think. Uh, was that the, the soundtrack with Coolio in it? Was that higher learning? I can't remember. That's I don't. No, nah, I don't think that was Coolio. Coolio was in. Uh, you talking about Gangsta's Paradise? 
Gangsta's Paradise. What, was, what movie that was in? That, that was on um, the girl where the teacher, like Michelle Pfeiffer oh, was the Michelle teacher. Michelle Pfeiffer, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, <laughs> I can't yeah, think yeah. of the movie name, though. That's what I'm thinking. Dangerous Michelle Minds, Pfeiffer. is it? Is it Dangerous Minds? Yeah, that was a good movie, too. But Yeah. Um, yeah, how I, you know, now that you're thinking about how I learned shit. See, again, that goes another movie that should have a, a 1A, 1B or something attached to it because... <laughs> It was yeah, it definitely was impactful. It definitely was something learning, you know, for you to be like, okay, it's not bad for me to learn. That's that's gonna be trials and tribulations throughout your life, and that you have to overcome those different trials and tribulations. And racism was definitely a big player in that. Yep. Um, at number seven, again, I got a number seven. And I got a seven B. <laughs> Sorry, people, I just couldn't narrow this thing down to ten. <laughs> so I have. Number seven, I got New Jack City and Set It Off. Mm. Those are, that's my seven and seven B. Seven A and seven B. For New Jack, man, New Jack, it just, it's, it has, it needs no explanation. It, you know, that was like with Pookie, with, 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 uh, with the Dauphine, with, with Chris Rock playing the Dauphine on Thanksgiving, uh, it, <laughs> with, with uh, Wesley Snipes. Uh, it just, it just I, that movie there was just everything that you would like. Wow, it was like the epitome of the crack epidemic. 1986. Oh, yeah. That I watched the, the world around me change in 1986, and that movie, you know, depicted that to a T. You know, and it, it, there's things and some things that I that I wish I hadn't seen as a kid, and some things that I've seen that 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 molded me and that movie had scenes in there that things that I've seen and things that I've witnessed and it was like you know what damn that that hits home it really hits home so oh, New yeah. Jack City and then set it off I just like set it off man because Queen Latifah <laughs> she's like the thug of the thug of the thug of all thugs you know she was she was about that life she was trying to get paid yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and you had such a good cast in Set It Off that you just, you couldn't overlook it. You know what I mean? You think with Set It Off, how often do you, when, when was the last time you seen that group of cast and characters um, hit the big screen together? And that was yeah. that was huge to see that that group. You know, you got Queen Latifah, Vivica Fox. That's another person. Vivica Fox, if you go down the list of 90 movies. She was in, she was in she, a lot of them. A lot of them, man. Yep. A lot of them. You know, Kimberly Elise, and, and she's been around. That's crazy because she's been around for so long. Um, I didn't really realize, but then she's been around and been a real good actor for a while, too. But you got oh, Jada yeah. Pinkett. It's just, it was just a good cast of characters. It was a good story. Um, great movie. Nah, and F. you Gary you, Gray did a great job on directing that movie. You just knocked out two of mine right there, two of my picks, because uh, I had uh, New Jack as well. And I mean, it's it's just what more can you say about this movie? I mean, I always say movies about drugs do good. I don't know why, <laughs> but if you go back and look, it makes drug, good TV. Yeah, drug movies do good. Um, and, but I've all I've also also always admired the um, the out of the box thinking of drug dealers because I mean we know that's bad for the community or whatever but the way that they are businessmen they handle their business I mean like if you take that whole New Jack City Wesley Snipes had um, bought a you know took over the whole apartment the complex the Carter. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And I was like, dude, who thinks like that? But he basically took that building and made it a Fortune yeah. 500 company. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> I mean, it's how you look at it. Like, it just depends where you get your inspiration from. But I do have like one question out of that. You know, G Money or Alan Payne, how come he never blew up, man? Like, but anyway, I do never like blew up. He just. He played a couple of low, low, you know, not low budget, Came but and gone. I mean, it, yeah, I don't know. yeah, that that's a good question. So, but I mean, that movie, that movie was New Jack City was it was it was sometimes a little bit of it was over the top, overly embellished, but it oh, made yeah. good, it made for good TV. It made oh, for it good was TV. 
yeah, it was great. And then set it off. I mean, you set it all really. I, I liked all the the all female cast. Uh, it had the good action, and then once again, it's kind of like the drug movies. Any movie where they robbing banks do good too. I mean, look at Dead Presidents, Ocean's Eleven. I mean, there's more and more, but all those movies do good too because it makes for good entertainment. You know. Hey, we, we all we all we both agree that we that grifter type movies are great are, are great TV movies, oh, yeah. and great movies too. Yeah, but, I, <laughs> those I love yeah. those both of us. So yeah, I, you I knocked out two out. of mine with one of yours. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna go to number six, and this is this is homage to to my boy BTG. At number six, I got House Party, and I got a six B, and that's Dead Presidents. Dead okay. Presidents was just, it was something that, you know, I got to see, and, and this one, I got to see, and I'm going to get a little personal here uh, for the listeners. I got to understand my father a little bit because of this movie, right? Mm. Going through uh, the 70s, going through Vietnam and wondering why mood swings, alcoholism, that type mm. of stuff. It, it gave me a perspective on why. So that right. list that had to be had to make my list, um, and it was just, it was just a great movie. But that's one of the reasons why it made my list, and it, like I said, it, it gave a good perspective for me on um, in my life. House party. Now let's get digging into this house party thing. <laughs> house party to me, it had elements of the culture, but it was just all it was just wasn't factual, right? It it was. It was entertaining. Hmm. Kid and Play was always entertaining. That's what it just made for a good movie. When, um, when you say it wasn't factual, yeah, like if we go to jail, we ain't getting. If it's a Friday night, we go to jail. We ain't getting oh, out yeah, till Monday. Getting the out judge ain't Monday coming till Monday. Yeah. You ain't getting out till Monday, right? You're not That's getting true. out the same night, right? That's true. That's true. Um, if 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 it's a fight gonna break out, man, the party getting shut down. You know what I'm saying? It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's no more, you know. And then, and then, if you trying to mess with this chick and you mess with this chick, it's it's not gonna end well, you know. So, but it was entertaining. Don't get me wrong; it was entertaining. I love Kid and Play. They were definitely one of the the, the catalysts for our culture, for music wise. Um, that just made it. It was cool to party. They made it always cool to party, and that's why they were definitely perfect for this movie. But I don't think that it was was a movie where it was the callous for it. now what it did do for us that was like one of the first movies of the 90s that was that was one of the yeah. first movies that propelled all the rest of the movies that we're talking about so right. they were definitely pioneers for the the culture of film that we've we've watched throughout the 90s because they were first to it was Harlem Nights then they came behind behind Harlem Nights the, the year after so I definitely give it a kudos for that but it was just silly you know what I'm saying we are we, I never took that stuff seriously I never got I yeah. never got anything out of it that I can relate to other than that it was just good it was good entertaining um, good fun yeah and and I, I agree with you on that the I'm House Party didn't make my list sorry BTG um, I listened to the cast and I liked your points on it but um only thing I can really, really say I like out of uh, House Park is who it spawned. You know, you had it spawned a lot of the stars of Martin, Tashina Arnold, yes. uh, Martin, and then um, what's uh, what's the old girl name? The other girl. Well, Pam, Gina, and Martin. Yeah. <laughs> they were all on it. Tisha so, Campbell, what her name? Tisha yeah, Campbell. Tisha Campbell. That's what I couldn't remember. So it, yeah. it spawned those stars. Like, they came up together. And they they kept it going with that show, so that's one of the things I liked about Martin too. But as far as House Party, I just, like you said, man, it just I don't know. It was just it's good entertainment. It's a good movie for entertainment, but I can't say. Ah, man, that's kind of hard. It's it was the culture, but it's not the true culture. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean we can. I mean at some point we're gonna get into the list of. Um, and we got a list, listeners. We have a list of different things that we're gonna cover in this season too, like the very best movies about life in the ghetto. I mean, we just have a, it's, but we're gonna start here. But I, I don't know that that 
Yeah, I, 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 I'll leave it at that. Friday was... <laughs> <laughs> it was entertaining. It wasn't the best ever, but it was entertaining. Definitely entertaining. Yeah. Um, moving right along. Now, here's my number five, man. And this one... Number five was Eve, Eve's Bayou for me. Mm. Yeah. Who you had at five? Well, at five, you, you knocked mine out. Um... So I'm back. I'm still on my seven because you knock you knock my five out when you said um, New Jack City and then you had set it off. But I got um, if I move up like that, I got a, a thin line between love and hate. Ooh, that's a good one. Go so so go back to where we missed. Who else is on your list? What we missed? Um, so I got a thin line between love and hate, and then I got boomerang. boomerang. So a thin line. It was it was because. Um, it, it was like a true lesson for me. It was like, uh, like Michael Jackson mom told him, "Don't play with them young girls' heart." Right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so in that movie, it just showed like I, you know, even though I was younger, I heard stories of how you know dudes had did things to women and women got crazy. But seeing it in that movie and just seeing her uh, hitting herself in the face with them oranges, <laughs> you know, I was like, "Dang, this this real." But I, it was a good movie because once again it had Martin in it so like you said Martin kind of ruled the 90s and then Boomerang I come on I like Eddie Murphy anything Eddie Murphy in I tend to like I even watch Bowfinger so you know I like I watch Pluto Jones or whatever it's called Pluto Nash but, so you so know <laughs> you like Bowfinger but you didn't like you didn't like Pootie Tang that, that, that's fine that's, I, I ain't say I like Bowfinger I, I watched it but oh, okay. you know I tend to like Eddie Murphy's uh Because you movies. despise Pootie Tang. I don't know why you despise Pootie That Tang. is not a good movie, man. That's the worst <laughs> That's the worst movie of all time on my and list. that's what makes it so good, because it's terrible. <laughs> ain't nothing Ain't nothing beat that movie as the most. I'm I'm still trying to figure out how he got a check to make that movie. Like. <laughs> hey, man, that's a cult classic, whether you believe it or not. That is a cult classic, bro. But yeah, and Boomerang though it just it had a lot of um, it had a lot of stars in there. You know what I'm saying? Robin Givens, Halle Berry. Um, you know, it just it was a good cast that was put together, and I just like I like how how it came out and how it was portrayed. Like, because normally you see those type of movies uh, on the other side, not on the. Uh, black side you know what I'm saying so you you don't see us play successful roles like that especially back in those days we always played to our strengths you know what I'm saying so yeah and that and that yeah that leads me back to like East Bayou like we always saw why that made my list uh, at number five was because we saw we depicted a lot of comedy off our list right we yep. depicted a lot of uh a lot of I would you call um, drug type movies, crime type movies? We depicted that, but East Bayou was like the first to hit, and and it gave us in 1997. It gave us a chance to see us in a drama, in a suspense drama. It was it was done very well, done very well, and and it was, um, it was just a film that was it was, it was intriguing to see us to be able to see that we have that depth we have that range when we looked at when we look at our list when our list is compacted with a lot of a lot of comedy and a lot of criminal type movies this is like a standout of them all just to see that that we have more range than just being thugs and being comedians you know? yeah no I, I, I like these bio it didn't, it didn't make my top 10 but I, I do think it was a good movie uh, that's when I I don't know that movie just I, I still remember scenes in that movie and it's just it's crazy you know what i mean just yep. the way that movie was set up and it it, it actually is a, a good movie but it just didn't make my top 10 on this one i mean you had samuel jackson in there you had debbie morgan you know you had lynn whitfield i mean you had megan good, megan young megan good, good yeah. in there. it was just it was a good watch for me. It was just a good watch, and I understand yeah, it. Man. Nah, it was it's a good so watch. much. Yeah, it's so much out there that, yeah, like I said, we, we you really can't go wrong with anything that you nah, pick. None you know? of these are wrong, <laughs> but you know. So, who you had at number four? Uh, 
that was that was my bad boys. So your bad boys. Oh, I hit yeah. that at the bottom. Of the yeah, list. you you was knocking mine off <laughs> with your with your A and B. Hey man, I just couldn't. I couldn't. Hey, I even had an honorable mention with Harlem Knights. <laughs> that just tell you how, how much I couldn't. I couldn't get it down to ten. Uh, my number four, I had uh, Soul Food, and mm. Soul Food again. It played on the same, the same plane as Ease Bayou for me. It was one of those movies that that showed a different, a different range yeah. of character. And a different aspect of our culture, and that it played heavy on our culture, because we we're for listeners that don't understand the black community, we we hold our matriarchs um, just to that. You know, we when they speak, we all listen, we all get in line when they do. So to see that aspect um, test the strains of relationship between Vivica and uh, Vanessa Williams and Nia Long. Um, it played good, played mm. good TV, you know. And then they were cooking, and 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 you know everybody's not the good cook, you know. It just had all <laughs> the aspects of of what, what a Sunday dinner, not only just Sunday, but Christmas, Thanksgiving, of what we do when it comes to how family, how black families are revolve around, and how food intertwines with our with our culture. So that was nah, that played big for me. That's a that's a good choice. I, I didn't put it in there. Um, and I, I wrestled with that a little bit too, but not too much. But I think I, I, I do, I do like the movie. But I think I, I like the show Soul Food more than the movie. But the movie was good too. Yeah. But I, and that was that was a good that was a good breakdown of that one though. I liked it. So who you had at number three? Did I knock that, that one off too? Yeah, you knocked that one off. That was you, that's when you knocked off New Jack and set it off. That set it off right there. <laughs> <laughs> so you had an A and B too then? Nah, you just knocked you just knocked them off. You knocked off my five and three when you oh, said so those two. So we're in the same ballpark. Okay, so yeah, yeah, go, we we good. So let me go to my number two then. Okay. <laughs> my number two, I have a two A and a two B. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. And, surprise, surprise. And, and this is just this is just my my hat tip. My kudos to my boy, Ice Cube, Boys in the Hood, and Friday. It was Boys in the Hood. The West Coast is totally different than any coast. Let's see. Yeah. On how they how they operate and, and how they move. It's totally different. So to see that portrayed on a on a big screen and be able to relate, um, and have parts of it that would relate to your your childhood and and, and but it wasn't the same. It just, and the same thing with Friday. I mean, I think the parallels of Friday and Boys in the Hood is so, so eerie that they're so similar. But one is a comedy and one is a drama. You know, they just, <laughs> it just paralleled each other because it's the West Coast. But yeah, Ice Cube, you know, anybody want to see a dead body? I mean, it, this is so many, I mean, how many lines out of Boys in the Hood that we Aww. recite to this day? You know, yeah, yeah. how many memes can how many memes come from that movie to this day? <laughs> man, you ain't lying, cause man, and Boys in the Hood is it's um my number my number two on here, but I it really should be my number one. I mean, it's like you said, like we've been reciting um these lines from their uh, from this movie for decades, man. Yeah, and for me, it reminded me kind of like. Of my childhood and some of the people I, you know, grew up around or that you, you knew growing up because you had, in every neighborhood you had the kids who were good at sports, and everybody thought that they would grow up and do something, but uh, you know, do something big. But you had that one kid who was just the best at sports, but could never get out of the hood because the hood kept kept pulling them back and kept him from achieving what he he could have been then right. you had that hood dude like which i say is ice cube in that movie that never left the hood didn't even know what the other side of the city looked like because <laughs> he never left right you know <laughs> and then you had the good dude who 
was you know you knew he came from a good family y'all picked on him which was trey in the movie yep. <laughs> you know what i'm saying so it i mean and then the cast of characters that came from that movie Lawrence Fishburne, enzo bassett cuba Gooden jr ice cube morris chestnut nia long i mean like these are like Superstar legendary actors yeah you know what i'm yeah. saying and, and, so, and it, you know it had so many things that hit home you know you think about you know, Angela Bassett dropping all dropping Ice Cube off to Lawrence Fishburne, who was the father. You know, it, it takes a man to raise. It takes a, a man to raise a, a boy into a man. A woman can't yeah. do that. And a lot of times, and I'm not trying to get on my soapbox. A lot of times, <laughs> that's what's needed. Um, and a lot of women need to understand that I can't raise a. a I don't know all the ins and outs to raising a little girl it takes a, a a mother figure or a woman to to help nurture that and, and get them to be the queen that they are and it takes right. that it takes that man who's walked that path who's done those things who's seen the things that that this young man is going to encounter throughout his life to to be able to raise him and nurture him to be that king so it, it, it just it hit home on so many aspects oh, yeah. of our life um, growing up, and for us to see it, these are these are the type of movies that molded me as a as a young man, and and, and showed and taught me that you know, you know, 1991, I was still in I don't know middle school, high school, maybe just getting into high school, maybe, and it was it hit home, you know, it played a big yeah. part into you know get your act together, <laughs> and then then like you said earlier, um, John Singleton, man. Yeah, everything he touched was gold, man. Everything yeah. he touched, and I don't know why. I would have to go do my research to see where he is, where he's at now, and what he's what he's put out recently. But I mean, he's he's hammering home now, man. He's he oh was, yeah. The nineties was his sweet spot, and I thank him for it because we got a lot of good, a lot of good art out of that situation. And um, so. Before you, cause you, like you said, you you knocked out my two, so I'm gonna let you have your number one, cause I already know what it is. But I got Friday is the last one on my list, or the you know number one, number two, because Friday was the first movie I saw on bootleg, man, and it was so good that Same I had to you, see no. it in regular vision. So I had to, cause the the bootleg version was all blurry and blacked out at parts. I was like, ah, oh, man. But, you know, I could hear it, and it was good, so I had to go see it, and it was good. Plus, it had my ex-wife Nia Long in there. If y'all didn't know, we, we're estranged um, couple now, but, you know, that used to be my <laughs> wife Nia Long. You love you some Nia Long. <laughs> oh, man. That, hey, Nia Long used to be my girl, boy, and she, like you said, she in a lot of them movies of the 90s, so He's a mainstay. You go down that list, her, Angela Bassett, Vivica Fox, they're they in a lot of them. A whole lot of them. Oh, yeah. Um, so, so if we had a drum roll, what would be your number one on your list? Like, yeah, you can, like you I don't back, know. <laughs> past episodes, everybody know what my number one is. My number one is life. That is the most funniest. Martin Lawrence... And Eddie Murphy, but you know that's my two favorite comedians, right? Martin Lawrence, right, and right. Murphy. So, yeah. <laughs> but you got, you had so it was just that movie is so funny, man. From the time it start to the time it finish, it cracked, it cracks you up the whole way through. It, it, classic piece of art, classic piece of art, comedy gold. <laughs> it's if you, it's a if, it's a good movie. It's a great movie. It's past but good, man. I, I'm not like. I'm not life isn't a big like like I'm a, I love Eddie Murphy so I'm kind of sounding like I'm contradicting myself because I said I watch everything he's in but life life would be one of the lower movies I mean I liked it but it wasn't something that I I can just watch over and over like you can watch it all the time I watched yeah I just watched it this week I watch it at least <laughs> once a week I do I do it's, I mean you got to think of, I mean it's just so funny. The movie is just so fun. How it takes, it just turns, it turns out a tragedy, a sudden tragedy, yeah. on top of its head and makes it funny. You know what I'm saying? It, to, to make a parody <laughs> of of a sudden tragedy. You know, God, it's just a funny movie, man. I, I mean, you think about it, you got Anthony Anderson in there, 
You know, I, I'm glad you guys uh, hold my cornbread so highly, but you ain't got to fight <laughs> over it. <laughs> nah, it's a good movie. I just can't. I don't rate it that high for me. Oh man, life is life is is definitely Jack Lang, Jack Lang. Life life is definitely <laughs> <laughs> that that movie will always oh, play in my I, house. I forgot he was in there too. Bernie Mac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot he was in there. Yeah, Bernie Mac was in that movie. Um, Guy Tory, Eddie Murphy, Martin Lawrence. I mean, it was so. Yeah. We had a, a good cast of characters, you know. And we, we but then again, we talking about things that we quote all the time, you know. Yeah. He, he tired, boss. He say he tired, boss. I mean, it's just so <laughs> many different. <laughs> it just shows so many different lines and so many different memes come from this movie, man. And just if you post that, if you post, if you go on 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 Instagram, which I'm gonna do, and on Facebook. And if you post, give me your best line from life, it, it'll, you can go back to that same that same post three days later and people will still be commenting on it, still giving <laughs> their best line on it. It's just a good movie, man. Great movie. Great movie. Need to come out with a life too. Nah. A- nah. After life. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they might do it. Shoot, they might do it. So... But I think we we went through our top 10. I'm going to run off my top 10 real quick from top to bottom. One, I had Life. Two, I had Boys in the Hood and Friday. Three, I had Men's Society and Belly. Four, I had Soul Food. Five, I had East Bayou. Six, House Party. Um, Dead Presidents. New Jack City set it off. Juice, Poetic Justice. Um, he Got Game and Boys to uh, Bad Boys. And, of course, the Andrew Amble mention was Harlem Nights. Who you got? I got uh, one Friday, two Boys in the Hood, three Set It Off, four Bad Boys, five New Jack City, six Boomerang, seven A Thin Line Between Love and Hate, eight Higher Learning, nine Into Deep, and ten Minutes to Society. And and that, and that's just a short list. Yeah, I mean, that's just a short. short list, man. We have so many of the movies. Love Jones, Crooklyn. Jason lyrics, uh, low down, dirty shame. You know, don't be a menace. It's just so <laughs> many. Belly, I forgot about Belly. Um, so many great films. White man can't jump. Uh, Booty call, which one was one of the best comedic show? I mean, movies with with uh, Bernie Mac in it. It was just and Jamie Fox. It was just so many that we just couldn't narrow it down. We had to narrow it down to ten, but it was so and good. You know, so then, many out um, there. Cool how to be running. a player too. How to be a player. I mean, Dr. Doolittle, Tales from the Hood, which is which always crack you up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it, it was, you know, and, and one of our hood favorites, you know, Southern Staples from our No Limit time was I Got the Hookup. You know, you, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's so many yeah, that's, that's out there that, man, if, if you, if you could just go back to the 90s, man, you got a dead weekend, you have need something to do, for all my millennials out there, go back and, and get up on these '90s movies, man. You won't you won't regret it at all. Oh great, yeah, great stuff. But we gonna anything any part words any closing words for for the listeners today? Nah, man, it's just, it's good to go back down that um that '90s area and just see how these these movies you know sparked you and uh, made a you know a point or a change or something in your life that you could you can go back and see now that you know and tie it into your life so that's that's good they need to start making movies like that again you know what i'm saying so yeah i mean with the creative we've seen like now we've talked about this in past episodes about how they're not being so creative anymore they're actually doing just taking old stuff and remaking stuff remaking it yeah and and not being like i said we definitely seen a lot of original content original characters that we hold near and dear to our heart from the 90s that we just had to highlight it <laughs> but so with that being said much love and we out peace we have returned to claim the pyramid Partying on the mothership, I am the mothership connection. Get down in 3D, light year groove. Well, all right.